everyone, and welcome to 99 Yards Podcast. I'm your host, Duncan Terry, and today I'm joined by Brian Dickey and Adam Barton. How's things? Very good, thank you, Duncan. I'm all, uh, I think I'm all ready for Christmas. Uh, break off from work tomorrow, so I'm uh, pretty happy about that. But yeah, all good, thank you. How are you doing, Adam? I'm good, thanks. I uh, Much the same. I've got everything bought, everything wrapped. One more day to get through, and then I've got to work out how to cook a, a Christmas dinner for the first time in my life. So uh, a bit of bit of nerves creeping in on that one. Oh, nice, nice. <laughs> what, what, you, uh, you, have you got anything like special planned on it? Uh, just a, a turkey cram. We've got uh, we've got my uh, my girlfriend's uh, parents coming up, but literally just round the corner, so it's not not too bad. But uh, still, the uh, the added nerves of it being a Christmas dinner rather than a, a standard roast. <laughs> you'll be grand. Just go uh, go heavy on the uh, sausages wrapped in bacon. You'll be fine. And the roast potatoes. <laughs> so let's talk some NFL. We'll start with the shock of the week as the Jets get their first win of the season against a strong Ram side. Uh, Adam, what did you think of them? Were, were they worthy of the win? 100% they were They were worth the win. And they, they've been close in a couple of games uh, in recent weeks. The Raiders game particularly comes to mind. But this time they managed to hold on to the lead. They were... they. Uh, opened up a, a 23 lead, 20 to three lead, halfway through the, the third quarter, and the Rams did come back at them. But even so, the the Jets were well worth the uh, the win with three sacks and interception, and they they had the ball for 34 minutes. So that that's, that shows how much they controlled the the Rams' offense. So it's uh, yeah, it's it's good to see them get a win, and I know we're going to get into that what it actually means for them though mm-hmm. absolutely uh in, in terms of the win the, the the lead was great and i was frightened they were going to uh going to blow it towards the end but uh it was great to see frank gore the guy they went to uh to secure it um of course this week we had uh jets fan matt cullen guest right on the website uh, and definitely check out his article if you haven't because it's a cracker a christmas cracker if you like um Brian, Matt suggests that they weren't tanking this season and that they're a proud team who will work with the draft pick they get. Uh, do you agree? I do agree, yeah. I think to some extent tan- tanking's a bit bit over overbigged a bit in the NFL. I think it's it's easier to do, say, in uh, sports like basketball, we've got a longer season. But the thing I think when people sort of forget when they talk about tanking is that, you know, these 50, 60 players plus I don't know how many staff and coaches they're all professionals. They're all working, you know, Monday to Sunday, working on the next game, trying to uh, trying to win. And it's uh, it's a tough sport. It's not a sport where you can you can back down. You've got to be going hundred percent. And I think that showed. And like you said, they've come close in a couple of games, and they've just sort of uh, give it away at the end. So I wasn't too shocked. Um, I, I I was the same. I thought I thought I was sure they were going to throw it away at the end, but they they kept strong. And yeah, Frank Gore got the win for them and um, but yeah the, the professionals and you've got to think you know 30 40 percent of these players aren't going to be playing for the Jets next year they need to put some good play on tape um so yeah I think tanking's not really something that happens in the NFL it's nice nice for us fans and the media to talk mm. about but in real life uh, I don't think it's such a thing yeah I, I think I'm inclined to agree with you I, I, I don't think the players would I don't think the coaches would I don't think they'd want to uh perhaps higher up um, they might think about it and want it to happen, but the influence they can have at the end of the day, outside of putting together a, a, a bad, a bad roster, you know, it's, it's not really can't really have that much influence. I don't think. Um, Adam uh, Lawrence would now fall to the Jags at number one. Um, neither team would fill me personally with joy. Uh, do you think there's a chance he stays in college? 
I, I wouldn't have thought so. It, obviously, there's there's always a chance with it, but ultimately, with with the way that college football is is set up, I I don't blame players, particularly a quarterback, getting out of college as soon as possible and 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 getting paid on, on even on a rookie deal to start with, but just getting into the league and getting money for for you know, in my view, what's rightly yours in terms of uh, your image rights and and everything. It it you, you never know who's going to be there next year either. So if if you keep kicking the can down the road not only are you not making money but you're also risking having going into just as bad a situation in in a year or two's time so i i, I think he he'd be unwise to to dip out just because it's the the jags or or the the jets and we had this with with donald last year and look how happy he's been uh, or was happy with cincinnati until he until he got injured just on the on the previous point with i do think tanking happens and obviously you can get the um, you can trade away uh, big talent and, and bigger contracts to to open up space uh, and make sure that you you do have a worse record. But the, for for the players and for everyone within the organisation, 0-16 matters. It's it, it's something that lives with you forever and and lives with, certainly lives with the fans forever. No one wants to be part of a roster that that didn't get a whole a win all season, and that's there's a good reason it's only happened twice in the the history of the NFL. Yeah, absolutely, hundred percent. No one wants that record. And and uh, on Lawrence, I I agree as well. I mean, number one, you're going to go to the worst team, um, and, and they want to be picked number one. So if you're going to, in theory, get picked number one, you come out of college, don't you? I mean, uh, Clowney sat out for a whole season in college, making sure he didn't get injured. So uh, yeah, I think you're probably right on that one. Um, and then lastly, Brian, uh, do do you think there's any danger the Jets keep Gase? Oh no. I'd be very surprised. I think the Jets fan would, would tear it down if that happened. Um, I just don't see, like I say, I think they have been battling for him, but I just don't think there's much there. And I do think it is, you know, you've got that number two pick, which so you still get your, you know, your best of the rest. Um, but I, I think it's time to go somewhere else. He hasn't really shown much promise. They've been taking backward steps. And I, I don't know if you guys think it's different, but no, I, I'd be very surprised if he's there next year. No, I'm the same, Adam. You on the same boat? Well, I mean, he won at the weekend, so he's got to keep. No, he's he's got to go. <laughs> it's if, if anything, you've got to uh, put him in trouble for jeopardising the Jets' number one overall pick. But for the body of work, both over the last two seasons, but even the the uninspiring work he did in Miami, and we we should have had Stewart on on this part who I'm sure would uh, would attest to that. It's he he's proven himself. He's a he's a decent coordinator but he's not head coach material and I think the Jets would be very unwise uh, to, uh, to to carry on with him and, and allow him to see out his contract yeah absolutely well congratulations to the Jets for avoiding uh, 16 and 0 sorry 0 and 16 I should say well, I'll um, be wishing for that <laughs> uh, so let's move on to our debate of the week uh, this week's trouble in the huddle uh, and we're going to pick the best current general manager uh, let's start with you Adam uh, who's done the best job in your opinion well, for me, I think I'd start off by saying there has to be a, a legacy award for for Bill Belichick. Obviously, he's he's not a, a head coach, but he's a de facto. Sorry, he's not a um, a general manager, but he's a de facto general manager for the Patriots. He's done unbelievable things and things that won't be matched over the last uh, twenty years. But going forward, if if I were to pick, if I was creating a team today, I'd want Brett Veach of the the Kansas City Chiefs. He's done absolute wonders. The the Chiefs are obviously. The the, the 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 Super Bowl champions. I think it's a very difficult decision whether you take the Chiefs or the field to win the Super Bowl this year. 
He's uh, masterminded the, the switch from a 3-4 to a 4-3 base defense, which makes them a, a hell of a lot more versatile and, and suits a lot of their talent a lot better. That He's a master of cap space. I seem to remember that earlier in the season, they had something like $177 of, of cash spare in the in terms of cap space, which really shows how much you're using your resources perfectly. Um, and obviously re- recognize the talent of, of Patrick Mahomes which not everyone was doing. If we remember back to that draft, it seems obvious in hindsight, but it was, well, Mitch Trubisky and Deshaun Watson were the main names and Patrick Mahomes was seen as, as more of a, a late first round, second round guy, but the, the Chiefs saw talent and, and wanted to go with it. Not only that, they uh, he was part of the team that t- transitioned Mahomes to the league and not throwing him uh, in at the deep end on uh, day one. I, and I think that's playing behind or learning behind Alex Smith has, has made a big difference to to how his un, he understands things. Oh, by the way, they've uh, they've signed him to a 10-year contract as well. So you've got Mahomes secured in the, uh, in, in the building for a, a long time. And alongside that, I don't know I'm going on and, and marvelling at the Chiefs, but you've got Travis Kelsey, Tyreek Hill, Clyde Edwards-Hilaire all, all under one roof. You got Le'Veon Bell, Sabi Watkins, and Miko Hobman just as bit part players, just to add to the uh, add to the wonders. And on defense, they've added acquired Frank Clark and Teron Matthew, and managed to keep Chris Jones around as well. So I don't know how you could argue with anyone else. Mm-hmm. Uh, an excellent pick. Um, I have some questions, <laughs> but we'll come back around. Uh, Brian, who's your who's your uh, who's your pick? Well, I've decided to go a bit a bit left field here, but I've decided to go for Steve Kime at the Cardinals. Um. If you think yourself, you know, two or three years ago, they, were, they just picked Josh Rosen, had Steve Wilkes, had a, had a pretty miserable season um, and they had a big decision to make and they made it, got rid of Steve Wilkes, uh, brought in Cliff Kingsbury and uh, brought in Kyron Murray. Everyone said he, you know, he couldn't work, he's too short, he's, he's not a proper football player, um, but it, but it's working out. You know, they've not um, been quite as effective as, say, the Chiefs yet, um, but there's a lot of positive there and I just think, He's done a really great job. He was a, a very ballsy call to do that. Um, and it's worked out. They seem to have some good players in place. Um, you know, and they've made probably, I think, one of the best trades in, well, however long I've been following football, bringing on, uh, bringing over DeAndre Hopkins. He's, he's been amazing. Um, as we'll touch upon soon, he's, he's made the Pro Bowl. Um, probably potentially going to go all pro this year. Um, and yeah, he's just been a bit ballsy the last couple of years. And I think it's paying off for them. So yeah, Steve Kahn, good job. Yeah, he certainly uh, had a, a rough start and has turned it around in the last year. Um, I'll give you mine and then we can talk around him. I am going to go for Brandon Bean of the Bills. Um, he came in in 2017, uh, joined just after the coach, uh, McDermott. Uh, and together they tore it down. They hadn't uh, won the division since uh, it was the mid-90s. Um, the, the Patriots had dominated in the East. Um Throughout the draft, they've, they've picked solid, solid players. Great, great picks. Um, Travis White, Dion Dawkins and Matt Milano in the fifth round in 2017. It was in 2018 they picked Josh Allen with the seventh pick of the draft. Uh, this is after Mayfield and Darnold, but before the very highly rated at the time, Josh Rosen. And even Lamar Jackson, who was number 32 in the first round. Um, it could have gone so differently with either of those two. But they trusted uh, young Josh Allen from Wyoming. Um, after that, they, they picked players like Tremaine Edmonds. They got Ed Oliver, Cody Ford. 
paired Devin Singletary with Frank Gore, which was a genius move last season, the young guy with the experienced player. Um, then this year they picked up Epineza, Moss, uh, and uh, the wide receiver Gabriel Davis, who's really shown some things. In free agency as well, they've put together one of the best safety tandems in the league in Poyer and Hyde. Uh, got uh, the same year as uh, Josh Allen was drafted. They got him an absolute gift. In fact, no, it was year after, sorry. They got him a gift in uh, Mitch Morse at centre, a player that he can grow together with. And two players, wide receiver, and John Brown and Cole Beasley, who just who were so underrated and probably still are. But they've been absolutely fantastic for him. Uh, alongside Diggs, at wide receiver, um, they really have uh, really have shone. And they, they've started to dominate. Their, their defence is... Do- is Absolutely dominant against uh, you know, some of the best in the league. And and Josh Allen's really coming to his own. He's now an MP, MVP candidate. So I think they have done an absolutely tremendous job there in a tough AFC and a tough AFC East. Um, so you guys can quiz me in a sec, but we'll come back around to, to Adam again. And I've got questions. How, you know, Veach has done a great job, but would he be as good without Andy Reid, do you think? Well, there's definitely there's uh, Andy Reid is a a key member of of the team. Certainly, I think Veach has done a lot in terms of acquiring the talent in terms of uh, Frank Clark and uh, and others. But it's you can also look at the fact that Andy Reid is an important an integral part. And I know that he was he came came in under Scott Pioli, but he's he's only part of the, the 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 machine whereas i think brett veach has, has more than proved his his worth in the uh at, at the chiefs absolutely and andy reed can be you know he's possibly one of the best coaches in the league but he can only play with the players that veach gives him absolutely fair enough um and then obviously the cardinals uh, he he had to he, he's yeah kaim has had some down years, he's had some up years. Um, do you think that he's got the ability to make it consistent? Because they're going to lose some players again this season, possibly key people like Patrick Peterson, do you think? I'm not, I'll be honest, I'm not too sure. Time will tell. Looking into this, they've, they've drafted, obviously, like I mentioned, Kyler Murray's been a bit of a hit, um, but they've not been, they've not drafted that well um, otherwise, so they'll need to pick that up. Um, so there's, there's definitely question marks there, but I just, I like the direction that they're going. It's it's so much better than, than where they were, as you mentioned. He's had the, he's had his downs as well as his ups, um, and I think they're a team on the up. And uh, yeah, I just like his, his ballsy decisions, to be honest. <laughs> um, a lot of uh, a lot of players, no, sorry, a lot of coaches and a lot of general managers will sometimes sit there twiddling their thumbs, hoping that things will turn round. And uh, kind of said, nope, let's 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 you turn this pretty fast. Um, and so far, so good. Yeah, I mean specifically, you're talking about like not keeping Ron Rosen and taking the punt with uh, with Murray, right? After just one year of having him. Yeah, I was a bit skeptical at first. You know, when Josh Rosen coming out of college was pretty good. He's, um, I know, he's top ten pick, um, but then you look, he's he's not really done much elsewhere. <laughs> so maybe, uh, you know, he was a bit of a mistake. So I like the direction that they're going in. Um, pressure on this year. You know, it looks like they might make the playoffs, which is which is a great step forward. So it's uh, exciting times there. Yeah, definitely. I think you've got to give credit for for failing fast in terms of the Rosen pick and acknowledging that that it was potentially a mistake. But equally, he was, Kime was in the building when when Rosen was was picked. So and I seem to remember there was a lot of pressure on him to go uh, at the time with, with the Cardinals obviously having the first overall pick. And uh, I believe he had some 
what I don't know if you can say off field, but for a GM, but um, other uh, misgivings. But equally, you've got to remember this is uh, his his second go round, really, because the the Cardinals, if you remember back to all or nothing in in 2015, were a really exciting team and were uh, just about they made it to the the championship game and fell fell one game short of, of making the Super Bowl. And were a, a, such an exciting team to to watch. So it's it's amazing to see that how they've broken it down and uh, rebuilt it this quickly. And obviously got uh, all the, only Kime and Larry Fitzgerald pretty much are the ones to have survived. Uh, it's a, it's, a, it's a great point. And the ability, I mean, the, the league itself is supposed to be cyclical. You know, to give the worst teams the chance to rebuild. You know, they get that first pick in the draft and everything. Um, so and to have that ability to take a down team and rebuild them is is obviously exactly what you want, isn't it? Bit of a mistake with Steve Wilkes as well, which I, I remember put pressure on on Kime to um, to perform. So it, it was it was definitely a quite a far uh, down year, but I. I I agree with Brian. He's he's done a lot to to put the Cardinals back into the playoff race, and we'll see how far they can go with it. Yeah. I mean, I mean, not not to dwell on them too much, but Kingsbury was also a huge punt, wasn't he? Because he uh, he wasn't. I mean, he had uh, Mahomes in college, but they didn't have a winning season. Um, you know, they they as a team, they weren't a great great team. Uh, I think was it Texas Tech or Houston? Oh, God, I can never. I think it's Texas Tech. Um, but he wasn't outstanding in college either, so they've done really well there. Uh, what do you think of the Bills pick, uh, Brandon Bean? I think it's amazing when you, just considering how much Josh Allen has developed uh, in terms of his stat, <clears throat> stats from his rookie year, from having a, a 58, 53% completion percentage to nearly 69% this year over a, a three-year span is incredible. And 10, admittedly, it's from only half a season 10 touchdowns in his first season passing to 30 touchdowns this season and he's he's just done a, a huge job the, the the bills are a really well well run team and look like they should be able to control the the division over the next couple of years at least we'll see what happens with the dolphins of course but brandon bean definitely deserved credit for that i agree i think he's great and as you mentioned josh allen the sort of focal point there and and having the the faith in him um, that he will develop. He has improved year on year. Um, and yeah, he's he's probably there or thereabouts in the top sort of five for, for MVP. Um, and yeah, they're making the playoffs first time they're on the AFC East for I think it's 25 years, something crazy like that. So you've, uh, I'm sure the Bills fans are very happy. Um, and yeah, they've done a great job in the draft. They've brought in some great free agents. Obviously, had the big trade for Stefan Diggs. Um, he's been fantastic for them. Uh, you know, there's a lot of pressure when you, when you trade a first round pick, but you know, to get him and the production he's had has been fantastic. And that, that's that's another, I guess, another ballsy move. They could have sat there um, done what they, you know, carried on as they were. But no, let's go out, let's bring you some talent, let's have a goal this year. And it's it's really pulled off. It's a great job. Yeah, that, that Diggs move was fantastic. I mean, Brown and uh, and uh, Beasley have, are, have been superb and exactly what Alan needs. But Diggs, apart from being my first interview ever, um, is just a fantastic player he's um he's more than just you know the yards and the touchdowns he's his amount of completions is just incredible he was really really close to beating chris carter's uh season completions record in minnesota um and he knew it you know i was, I was speaking to him he, he was he, he knew exactly how many he got what he needed um and how how close he was and he really wanted it he's he's a young hungry player um and i really like him i really like what the bills have done on Diggs though, obviously he's been he's been great for the Bills, but 
everyone saw coming in, the Vikings particularly saw coming, that th- this was a, a great draft for receivers with the likes of Ruggs, Lamb, uh, Judy, Jefferson. Could they have kept hold of their draft capital and got a player of, of similar calibre and used, used the capital and draft picks elsewhere? I mean, there's no doubt they could have. They could have got Jefferson um, and, and, you know, instead of Diggs. Um, but it's a lottery, isn't it? You look at someone like DK Metcalf. He went in the, the 64th pick uh, right at the end of the second round. Um, for, for every hit, there's a miss. And if you know who you're getting with a player like Diggs, then why not pull the trigger now when, you know, Jamal Adams has just gone for two first rounders. Um, sometimes it's better the player you know, isn't it? Yeah, I tend to agree. I was playing a bit of devil's advocate, but <laughs> it's funny to look back on it and, and see. But but yes, I, I don't blame them for going for an experienced quantity, especially with where Alan was at at the end of the last season. <laughs> hey, that was fun. Uh, and as usual, I'll put something out on Twitter. We'll have a little vote. And, uh, and guys, let us know who else uh, should be in the running. Uh, next up, the Pro Bowl roster's just been announced. Um, and outside of them not playing it anyway, um, Brian, where do you stand on the Pro, pro Bowl in general? I like it. I think it's quite, a, I guess, a, a nice spectacle. Um, I think maybe this is me getting getting old and boring, but I think year on year my interest sort of falls down on it. Um, but it's um, it's something you know they do it in all the sports. It's obviously it's not quite as um, up there as, as getting an all pro selection, but it it means seems to mean a bit to the players. Um, and it's certainly something, you know, when you're researching players for articles or whatever, it always flashes up there. So, um, yeah, it's good. I mean, who knows? It might be better next year when they've had a year off. Um, and it's certainly, I don't think, you know, it's a bit, uh, they don't tackle quite as much as they used to and things like that. Um, so it's maybe not as basically it once was, but it, it, it's good for the players. Um, although, as we'll touch on, quite a few people have missed it that, that probably should have got in there. Are you uh, you're in about the same place there, Adam? I have to say it's one of the uh, the better things of this year to to have lost the Pro Bowl. Um, <laughs> I've never really been a particular. I, I like the the recogni- recognition of um, the best players in the in the league. Obviously, that's that's good, and I, I completely understand why they've picked Pro Bowl rosters in terms of keeping some sense of normality and. Um, so some excitement for fans, but also there's there's a hell of a lot of bonuses that are attached to the Pro Bowl, so it does make uh, make sense to uh, to have that. I'm sure the the Players Association was was really lobbying for it, but I I quite like what they've done with it over the last couple of years in terms of it being in terms of having the skills competitions, the uh, the drone drop and dodgeball. I think that's uh, that's far better than the the football football game that we tend to see, uh, and just the quality is is really quite low on it. Mm-hmm. You see, I'm, I'm, I'm kind of the opposite. I like what it used to be, uh, NFC versus AFC. Uh, it used to be a bit more competitive as well. Like, you know, like Brian said, they don't really do much tackling anymore. Um, I like that. And I, all the thrills around it, you know, during the week, I, I, I can't be bothered with. You know, I want to see the game. I want to see football. I want to see them compete. Um, I, I prefer it how it used to be. You know, but uh, and and as the last, few, I, I enjoy a vote. You know, I like that, I like that they put it out there for fans. I like I like going through, seeing all the you know all the best players were and, and, and giving them a vote. But uh, as 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 we as we discuss now and and uh, has been shown in the last couple of years, uh, people don't necessarily vote the way we think they should. <laughs> uh, Adam, we'll start with you. Are there any highlights or glaring omissions in the rosters for you? I've got 
uh, four omissions that I think are, are quite big on from from the the strongest end of the league. You've got Devon White of, of the Bucks, who's had eight sacks, thirteen QB hits, um, and obviously he's been a, a key part of of the Tampa Bay season rather than uh, uh, rather than Tom Brady. Uh, and at the Packers, you've also got Robert Tunyon, who's got five hundred and fifty yards from tight end. He's caught 49 of his 55 targets, which is pretty impressive to to have been. Obviously, you've got uh, you've got Aaron Rodgers throwing you the ball, so it's it's usually going to be pretty accurate. But I still think those those stats are pretty impressive, uh, and 10 touchdowns. And it's obviously understandable that that players get that get missed when they're on uh, middling or even terrible teams. The two picks from the 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 first couple of uh, who we think are going to be the first two uh, picks of the draft, James Robinson. He's one of, believe it or not, one of only three rushers who have got over a thousand yards this season, which shows you how far the league is going uh, that way and, and how much load sharing there, there is at running back. 4.5 yards a carry and 344 yards for, through the air. And Quinn and Williams of the Jets, who's got 53 tackles, 10 tackles for loss and seven sacks. So there, there's a, a few uh, talented players that really should be getting their Pro Bowl bonus, in my view. Yeah, got to, got to agree with Adam there. The, the two, I guess... Uh... The glaring mistakes were for me. Yeah, Robinson not getting in, especially an undrafted rookie. He could do that little uh, bonus, couldn't he? Um, <laughs> he'll be getting something contract-wise. Um, and yeah, Evan Ingram getting in for the Giants at tight end. Um, 572 yards, only one touchdown. As you mentioned, you know Robert Tonyan's got 10 touchdowns. Um, that that's a bit of an odd one. Um, but as you say, Duncan, it's, it's something that the fans get involved with and. Um, However, that, that you know that can skew things a little bit. I, I think that's quite good as well. Um, so yeah, you, you pretty much covered it all there, Adam. But I, I will add to, to your point before. I do think the the dodgeball bit is fantastic. Maybe they should do that instead of overtime. <laughs> I've I've really enjoyed the dodgeball. It's just the only play three games is too short. But yeah, check it out. <laughs> I think it might be a bit much with the the Ravens and Seahawks getting. Uh, Joint most or joint most within the league, seven players to the the Pro Bowl. I think the Chiefs and Packers have, have earned that right, but the Ravens and Seahawks are probably just a bit below that. So it's it's maybe a bit of uh, legacy bias, certainly in terms of the the Ravens that that they've got that many players going to the Pro Bowl. Yeah, I mean, I, I was going to say, uh, even as a Seahawks fan, um, <laughs> to have three defenders in there when they broke the records for most yards and points in, in the first seven seven weeks of the season does seem a bit daft. Uh, Adams, I understand, he's as a defensive back, he's broken the records for sacks, um, which is unusual for a defensive back. <laughs> um, uh, there's a lot of talk about his coverage, but we won't get into that Um Bobby Wagner, fair enough, and yeah, like possibly a legacy pick, but he's still playing at a very, very high level. Quandre Diggs is a bit of a mystery. He's not, he's been all right, <laughs> no better than a lot of other free safeties. Um, but just, uh, just just to prove I am still a bit of a homer, um, Michael Dixon, the punter, uh, has just been absolutely insane since he got into the league. He's, he's one of the best punters going, uh, and he should be in there over over Jacks Fox of the Lions. And the kicker, uh, Myers, hasn't missed a field goal in, in years now. <laughs> so, you know, quite how he's not the guy over, over Young Hoku is uh, a bit of a mystery as well, but uh, a couple of homerific opinions for you there. Um, you got a couple of special teamers there, though. The, the long do, snap yeah. the special teamer of both Seahawks players. <laughs> Absolutely, but uh, the, the wrong ones. Michael Dixon is, if, if you get to see a Seahawks, keep an eye on him. He's he's just like it's like 
five yard line every time. It's it's phenomenal to watch. Uh, and all that brings us to this week's Fast Five. Uh, and this week we're going to put the world to rights. Uh, and here we go. Adam, how do you fix the Patriots? I think it's, it's quite clear that the Cam Newton experiment hasn't really worked. And it's when you look at the stats, it's even more clear. They, they've had the third fewest passing yards in the league with, with 2,600. I know Cam Newton has a running option, but he's not the runner he used to be. Uh, and when you consider that one of the teams behind or the two teams behind them are the Jets, who obviously will have the first or second uh, overall pick and the Ravens, who have a far more run based uh, setup, it really doesn't make good reading for the Patriots. So drafting a the, the best quarterback or best, most valuable quarterback available in terms of it may not be in the first round, but getting the, the best uh, the best value and obviously and then working on the defensive line, they've only had 21 sacks this year. Uh, it's quite an old defense, so I think there's there's a bit of retooling that needs doing, and that's where they've kind of fallen down with without Brady in his prime to to bail them out. They've struggled to with a an aging defense, but now it's now is the time to uh, address that, and particularly on the the D line. I like it. I like it. Strengthen defense and and lean on the running game for a little bit. I'm going a little old school there. That'd be good for Bill Belichick. Uh, Brian, you've got a good one. How are you going to fix the cap-stretched New Orleans Saints? Well, 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 that is the $95 million question. Um, that's how much the, the schedule to be over the cap next year, which, which is a bit crazy. Um, that's based on the cap going down to uh, about $180 million from, uh, I think it's 198 this year. So we, we don't know yet whether it will go down. It'll certainly, it certainly won't go up. So either way, they're in a lot of trouble. Um, they've got some big decisions to make, clearly. Um, did he did he keep Drew Brees? He's he signed through next year. They, they could move on from him. That'd save him fourteen million. Um, are they happy? With, you know, with Taysom Hill, James Winston. Which, which way do you want to go there? Um, there's a couple of people that look like they might be on the you know cap casualties corner. Janoris Jenkins. He looks sort of certain to go. They could save him a bit, but I mean, even doing that, they're, they're still going to have to do a lot of shuffling about and. It, it's a strange one because there's a lot of talent there and whatever you do, you know, there's uh, Kamara, um, Thomas, of course, yeah. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, there's talent there. Whatever they do, they're going to they're gonna have some uh, really talented piece in play. But, yeah, they're going to have to do a lot. As to what they do, I'm not too sure. I'm sure Sean Payton will come up with something. But, yeah, the, the first thing to do is, is decide what you're doing at quarterback. Are you moving past Drew Brees? Um, I think he's, he signed some sort of deal to go straight into TV. He... It'll depend, I think, how how he does in the back end of the season into the playoffs, how he performs. That's the first thing you got to do, and then you're going to have to move a few pieces in and out and push a few contracts back. Um, but yeah, it's going to be a very busy off season for the Saints. Um, I'd love to tell you exactly what to do, but uh, it, it's it's just too hard, guys. There's mm-hmm. just so much for them to do, um, and if I knew that, I'd be uh, trying to get the GM job. Let's turn the tables for a sec, then, Duncan. How would you fix London's own Jags? <laughs> London zone. Um, well, I really like their offense. Uh, it's young. It's got potential stars, both in skill positions and the offensive line. You know, you've got pit players like Kurt Shark and Chanel, uh receiver. Uh, Minshew Mania was fun, but it's over if they want to be serious. Um, so let's assume they now get Lawrence. Uh, they could get him with the first pick. Uh, and then look to give him a gift with someone like the Alabama center, Landon Dickerson, who looks an absolute beast if he lasts to pick 33. 
Um, they've got a second first round pick thanks to the Jalen Ramsey trade, and they should spend that on defence. Um, there's around 60 million, 68 million also in cap space. So go and get some bodies for the defensive line to help out uh, Josh Allen and Miles Jack. Um, and then lastly, ditch the coaches. Um, I, I, th- I think there'll be early casualties on, on back Monday. Um, I had hope for the offensive coordinator, Jay Gruden, uh, go, going back to an old role he had with the Bengals. Um, but it's really not worked out. So, yes, uh, all change in the coaching and help out that defense um, and uh, put some strength around the young players on offense. Back to you guys, though. <laughs> uh, the Bengals, uh, Adam, they've, they've got their quarterback of the future. Um, how do you build around him? Because there doesn't seem to be much else at the moment. I think the the most sensible thing is to make sure that you still have the quarterback around them. And obviously with him being on IR, that is is glaringly obvious. The There are two um, big changes that they need to make, the O-line and edge pressure. They've got the second most sacks allowed in the league and they've had the second fewest sacks themselves which just says it all that they need to work on both lines the they allow they've allowed 48 sacks and one no more valuable than the or impactful than the one that's knocked Jerry Burrow out for the season and has um, potentially delayed his start to the 2021 season and they've only had 16 sacks which is the uh, second fewest in the league you're not going to be very successful on defense if you're not pressuring the quarterback. Uh, despite the the wonders that they did last night, they need to make sure that they're they're getting to the quarterback early and often, uh, and that will make it a lot easier for the rest of the defense to to succeed and mean that they're not having to stick around in coverage for for five to ten seconds. And last up, Brian, um, you'll like this one. In just a few words, remember this is the fast five. <laughs> Fix your Dallas Cowboys. <laughs> I can give you one word: defense. But, but I'll, I'll go on a little bit, of course. Not that fast. Um, yeah, offensively, I think they should be pretty good next year. They've, they've looked, well, they've, they've sort of got been up and down so far. Obviously, quite a lot of injuries, but you'll get your starting tackles, Tyron Smith, Lyle Collins back. Um, hopefully, Tyron Smith's next fit for good. So, he can. Uh, he's one of the best left tackles in the league. Obviously, hopefully, Dak Prescott back. Um, and even Blake Jarwin at tight end. Um, you've seen this weekend how, how good sort of Tony Pollard can be. He's a bit of a change of uh, pace back to uh, compared to Zeke. So I think offensively, they should be good again um, next year. It, it's just all on the defence, you know, get the second most yards this year. Um, it's just <laughs> a Cowboys fan I'm watching. It's just painful. There's just huge gaps on pretty much every other play. So there's rumours there's a new defensive coordinator, but they need to back up that, bring in a few free agents and spend a, a couple of high draft picks on defence once. Easy peasy, all sorted. <laughs> It really was injuries and secondary, wasn't it, for the Cowboys this year? It's... Absolutely, yeah. A lot of people are, well, quite critical of Mike McCarthy, and I don't think he's done the best job. But I also think, well, I mean, what, what do you expect when you're missing? Yeah, three starting offensive linemen, you know, franchise quarterback, stuff like that. So, and, it, you know, it's only his first year. So, but let's see. I might be yeah. mad at the end of next year. Are you going to give him a mulligan for the year? Yeah, go on then. <laughs> Well, that's all for today's show. Uh, thanks, guys. And as always, we'd love to hear everyone's thoughts on the topics to discuss and any feedback you might have. You can tweet us at 99yards. Have a great Christmas.
flexibility can go a long way. By refinancing your newer used auto loan with PenFed, you can lower your monthly payments for more flexibility in your budget. You can even schedule your first payment for up to 60 days from the date of your refinance. Calculate how much you could save at PenFed.org slash autorefi or call 1-800-247-5626 to apply. Membership is open to everyone. To receive any advertised product, you must become a member of PenFed, insured by NCUA. Enjoy. Thanks. The order breakfast at the McDonald's drive-thru. Tell yourself you'll wait to eat it at work, but it smells way too good. So you eat it right there in the McDonald's parking lot meal. There's a meal for every morning at McDonald's. Right now, get any size iced coffee for 99 cents until 11 a.m. And pair it with your favorite breakfast sandwich or one of our tasty bakery treats. Price and participation may vary. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. McDonald's. I'm loving it.